Welcome to the Muddy Waters of Freedom with your hosts, Matt Wright and Mohammed Shaker. Good morning, good evening, or good afternoon. <laughs> Welcome to the Vanguard. For Matt, I am Muhammad, and together we are traversing the muddied waters of freedom. Stop laughing, sir. There, <laughs> there is no order for what I say this in, seriously. <laughs> wow. Well, before we do our thanks to Low Tide Kava Bar for the Kava, we, we, we will be drinking today. I would like to introduce our very special guest and her name is Zuri Davis. She is a writer for Rare Media, which is part of Cox Media Group, which means she's a really big deal to me anyways. Um, and a lot of people. Uh, Matt, how was your week? My week is uh, my week has been really good. And Zuri? It's been pretty awesome. I feel like you say that a lot. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Okay, let's let's do this. Okay, really quickly, let's uh, thank Low Tide Kava Bar for the kava. We are going to be drinking through this and every show. Shells up. Bula. Bula. So uh, every, every week we have Justin draw on our cups. And this week, Justin wasn't there because... Uh, this is Friday. And, <laughs> and so uh, instead, I told Tonio he had to step up his writing on the cups game. I mean, he stepped it up real well because that's I a know. lot of drawing. I know. He, he drew on these a lot. And Muhammad's cup says that he is a pretty, pretty princess. <laughs> it does. I'll send you a picture. <laughs> and my cup says the force is strong within you and then star wars and there's an x-wing and a death star and a lightsaber and the jedi symbol so i think i won but that does bring me into did you see the star wars trailer yes i did and i'm assuming you did too zuri yes of course i did what did you think of it um i loved it i screamed at my desk so it that's that's all you need to know. I, I just <laughs> want to put this. Uh, I want to, yeah, I want to put this out there real quick, um, so it doesn't get used against me. Um, you two are on the same side. Oh, we already know that. Oh, never mind. Oh yeah, never we mind. we we talked about this earlier. Oh God. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> and you posted a a picture today, and on Facebook, Zuri, you posted a picture today on Facebook, and it was, um, you said how excited you were about the Star Wars trailer, and then you posted a meme uh, about the Superior Sci-Fi franchise. No, she didn't. Did you? Did- yes, I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> I but it's not Superior. And, and what was the meme of? Well, as we all know, Star Wars is the Superior franchise, but I will happily say that Firefly objectively is like the best space thing like ever across the board but in terms of like the star wars star trek debate it's star wars like each and every single time that just makes no sense i you are my favorite you are my favorite person right now (laughs) sorry about those sounds um the meme was the only uh, reason she's the the only reason she's saying what she's saying is because she's worried our friend olivia would be listening to this episode (laughs) (laughs) right and she doesn't want to disappoint her i stand by my words 
I'm a strong, independent black woman, and I know that Star Wars is superior to Star Trek. <laughs> The, the meme she posted was of Spock with his arms held out, and he said, please enter me. Okay, I, I'm sorry, but I have to get a little SJW here, but there are more, you know, um, more uh, uh, black people on uh, Star Trek. That, that, should be, that should be a good thing. Diversity, right? There's a whole You're planet just... of them. Look. No one wants to hear about a pro-central government show, okay? God, you say amazing So let's things. hear about a pro-central government movie that has a show. Yeah, it's like literally like space socialism. That's not cool. And what is the Empire? Well, that's no. why it's the people fighting against the Empire that you're rooting for. Well, no, monarchy is yeah. better than a democracy, of course, so I the think they're wrong. about the rebels. The rebels, uh, well, the rebels are siding with the Jedi who are evil. Oh, Jesus. You know, whoa, whoa, whoa. First <laughs> off, anything, the Jedi story has a lot to say about religious liberty because what if the government one day decides that it doesn't like a religion and it can just wipe them out? Thankfully, we have First Amendment in this country that hopefully would stop that. <laughs> I can't tell but this I is mean, one way it's of. Not like it hasn't happened before. Yeah, I was, I was just confused. I was like, is she trying to segue us into something, or are we just going to banter for another minute or I was, two? No, I just right now, we're just bantering, but it's working. <laughs> nice. And you were on another podcast today, right? I mean, I'm sorry, this week. Yes, I was. That's cool. Uh, yeah. Oops. Um, sorry. <laughs> There's no, like a, some background stuff around me. It's okay. Uh, Someone's vacuuming. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I thought you just decided to clean up during the show, which I don't blame you. Most of our listeners do that. They're, <laughs> that is they're, true, actually. They're, they're, oh, I'm just going to clean the house. I guess I'll listen to these two morons. Right. <laughs> they're like white noise. It goes well with the vacuum. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, true that, true that. Um. You spoke with uh, Caleb, which, by the way, I've also been on his show, me and you, um, you and I, whatever. Just just, mm-hmm. just the two of us. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually spoke to Caleb's friend, Stephen Perkins, who I love them so much. I think they're like a great like tag team. And I love seeing everything that they do because they give like a lot of millennials hope. Uh, especially in the Liberty Movement. So you should definitely check both people out uh, at Outset. Yep, definitely. Absolutely. I was actually listening to uh, Caleb's show. I think it was the one that came out today. Taxation is still and always will be theft. Yeah. I was listening to that today, <laughs> and Muhammad got my car, and he's like, is this Caleb? <laughs> yeah. It was only for three blocks, so he didn't really – like he heard taxation, and we were here. But – yeah. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was listening to it last week. Uh, uh, some episode about Mo Liberty. I don't know what it was about, but it was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, with Brohamid or something. I don't know who he is, but sounds like a pretty cool guy. I wouldn't want to do a show with that guy. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh. Well, Zuri. Mm-hmm. Tell us. Um, how about you tell everybody what school you went to, where you're from originally. Just who, just who you work for now yourself. and how young you were when you got those degrees. Um, I, so I totally missed your question again. 
because of the microphone situation. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I'll back <laughs> off. Okay. So, um, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're originally from. Um, you know, what schools you went to, how old you were when you graduated, so on and so forth, who you work for now. Okay. Um, well, first and foremost, I'm from the great state of Florida. Um, home <laughs> land of the alligators and uh, mosquitoes in Florida, man. <laughs> all of those things. That is true. Yeah, all that's <laughs> accurate. I'm from the greatest part of the greatest state in America, which is oh. South Florida. Um, so I grew up in Fort Lauderdale, and I went to college at Florida Atlantic University in Boca, um, and I actually graduated high school and college in the same year when I was 18. And after I graduated, I moved up to Washington, D.C., another swamp, not as great as the one that I came from. <laughs> and I, long story short, now I am a full-time writer with Rare.us. So it's been really fun. It's been an interesting journey, and I'm excited to see where the future takes me. Yeah, you should have seen the look on Matt's face. He didn't. I, I guess he didn't know that about how young you were. Uh, yeah, I did not know how old you were when you graduated college. But... Yeah, well, I just turned 21. I'm very excited. So I've been up here for three years, but I can finally enjoy all of my experiences as an adult. <laughs> You've been doing the same thing we've all been doing every time I come up there. I mean, uh, let's uh, keep that off the air. We'll edit that one out. Everyone knows. Yeah, of course. (laughs) It's not a secret. So, uh, do you live in D.C. proper or Alexandria, Arlington, Fairfax, Reston, Herndon? Uh, I live in Virginia because I like my gun and lower taxes. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm a prepper, so I don't believe in living in big cities. So I'd rather be able to run into the forest should the zombie apocalypse begin. Okay. Speaking uh-huh. speaking of that, real quick, I that's why I don't ever want to live in a landlocked state. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just feel like water is very safe, um, mm-hmm. and it would be like a way out away from them. I don't know. I could be wrong. Maybe zombies can't swim, but I haven't seen it in many shows or movies yet. Mm-hmm. I agree with all of that. Yeah. So I am from Manassas, Virginia. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So if you've ever been down there. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> and then I went to a college at George Mason right there in Fairfax. That's funny. I used to live in Fairfax. Yeah, I spent a lot of time there. I don't remember most of it, but I spent a lot of time there. That's We literally made a switch. Yes, we did. Between states. I'm actually going down to Boca tomorrow. Oh. Yes. That sounds fun. Yes. A Kavar down there is having their first 15th anniversary, and I was invited to go. So Yeah, he never invited me. Aw. No, he didn't. <laughs> um, I like people to like me. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, I'm actually heading down to Boca tomorrow. So while you're in my old home area, you, I will be in yours. That's awesome. Um, well, let's see here. Let's move into more important business of the week. Sure. Okay. Zuri, what, um, what were your favorite events that happened this week? Um, I think that it's definitely been an interesting week 
Um, definitely an eye-opening one. And when I say that, I'm specifically talking about um, just some of the intervention that we've seen from the administration. Um, of course, there was the big bomb, or mm-hmm. as the American government calls it, the mother of all bombs that was dropped um, in like a series of ISIS caves the other day. Um, there are some disappointed Trump supporters and happy Trump supporters that his stance on foreign policy is shifting a little bit from what they thought he, from like his stance on the campaign. Um, I think it's a little bit terrifying, actually. It's odd to see so many people beat the drums of war without fully recognizing how that could potentially affect us. And like, yes, there are some victories that I feel should be celebrated, but if anything, I feel like you should always wonder how something might affect your future children, your family members, your friends. I feel like you should always be mindful of that and be empathetic with innocents who are caught in the crossfire of governments. Okay. Um, now, before we keep on talking, I just want to tell you, if if you're having a hard problem hearing us, just tell us. We don't mind. Um, mm-hmm. So what is your, um, are you surprised by this rise of the anti-war right that's been happening since the this these interventions? Uh, the anti-what? I'm sorry. The, an- the rise of the anti-war right. Does that surprise you? What's your opinion on it? Um. It definitely doesn't surprise me. Um, I think that it's really weird. I think that there's a lot of politics in anti-war positions. So for a lot of people, it's literally, it just depends on who the president is. Um, And for a lot of the people who already don't like Trump, of course, it makes sense that they don't like his foreign policy. Mm -hmm. And Conversely, for people who didn't like President Obama, of course, they hated it when he did some of the same things. Um, And now they like it when Trump does it. But I think it's really significant to see the Trump supporters specifically who are disavowing um, President Trump's interventions. And I think that shows a lot of character for people to admit that they thought one way about someone and that they can't agree with what he's doing now because it goes against their principle. Yeah. Uh, me personally, that's, um, that's one thing that me, that I guess personally surprised me is I didn't realize so many hardcore Trump supporters would come out and admit to themselves that maybe they were wrong about, uh, Trump's positions on the war, and maybe that maybe he would go on back on his war word. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, and um, and continue this escalation um, in the Middle East. And you know, one one of the things that really confused me is a lot of the people that were were for this uh, bomb. You know, um, like I've, I haven't seen any reports yet if any civilians died. It doesn't matter. We've been bombing those countries anyways and yeah. killing civilians. Um, but they're like, yeah, he said he was going to, Trump said he was going to hit ISIS and hit him hard. And, you know, here's the mother of all bombs. Right. Yeah. I mean, he, he did say he was going to bomb the shit out of him. I'm not saying I agree with it. Yeah. So it's not him going back on what he said no, he was going to do. No, no, but, but he dropped it on a bunch of tunnels in Afghanistan, like way away from where ISIS actually is. 
So it almost seems disingenuous to for somebody to claim he's bombing the crap out of ISIS. You know, yeah. they're mostly active in Syria and Iraq. They might have uh, a, a wing uh, over in Afghanistan, but was, that's not the bulk of their operations. Right, no, I, I mean, that's literally <clears throat> that's literally the acronym for ISIS. Like, <laughs> it's not like ISIS or whatever. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> a little random, but yeah. Um, yeah, I was gonna say they, um, you know, they may have a few splinter cells over there, or whatever, but it's not where the bulk of them are. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I personally thought it was uh, pretty disingenuous, and I know you saw my post, and so did Matt and a few other people had talked to me about it today, actually, um, even non-political people. Um, they were telling me how they understood what I was saying, you know, like. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't attacking anybody because I wasn't like I was making a point mm-hmm. that if you put yourself in the shoes of uh, Samir Abdullah Akbar Ahmed um, on Syria Street, Iraq, uh, in the city of Sunniville, um, there <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, there these people that have never been to the States or anywhere in Europe. Uh, have are wondering why is America always here bombing Muslims? Yeah, and one of the and and one of the biggest dumb moments of George W. Bush when the when OIF started was calling uh, the the uh, uh, calling OIF a crusade, which he did, which is not a <laughs> you know. It's not the nice. It's not the best uh, terminology to use. Yeah, you don't make many political friends in the Middle East by telling them that God called, uh, t- told you to call a crusade, basically. Mm-hmm. And that's that's <laughs> on media. You can look it up on YouTube now. It's on there, and everybody gets to see it. Um. So what? Yeah. So what I was trying to say is, these people are like, "Why is America always here?" And some of them are kids that are now your age. You know, and maybe they were in kindergarten or elementary school while the United States was occupying Iraq and Afghanistan. Now they're your age, 21, 2021, a fighting age, and we're still there. And now they're thinking maybe they should start doing something about uh, getting the United States out of the Middle East or their own countries or whatever. Yeah. um, And like when you said that, um, I know. Of course, a lot of people love to put their own interjection or, or uh, their their own projection on what they want to see. And when you said that, that's exactly why I shared um, Ron Paul's armed Chinese troops in Texas speech. But it's funny because I've already mentioned that on another podcast this week. Yep, yep. I feel like it's very relevant, um, literally again, because you have what is a very publicized intervention and it's important that you said we have been bombing a lot of these countries for like all the way through Obama's um, administration, which I feel like a lot of Democrats should like open their eyes to. But I think that it is good that a lot of these interventions are being publicized and people are feeling empathy, not necessarily for the ter- for like the actual terrorists that they hurt, but for like the moms like the the little kids who are affected by these things, even though they didn't choose to be involved in either side, 
of a war. And it's like, well, how can we just say that we just need to, like, carpet bomb the Middle East without taking into account the innocent people? Like, how can we say that without putting ourselves in that situation? Like, I can't even imagine waking up every single day worrying about my children, worrying if a terrorist is, if they're going to die in a terrorist attack or if they're going to die in a drone strike. Yeah. So, um, I agree. For perspective, um, just because I don't think Matt exactly knows, and I, I definitely know most of my, our listeners who don't know you won't know, um, where did you come from politically? And can you mm-hmm. tell us the name of this video and what it's about? I know what it is, you know, and I, I know all of this, but just for the benefit of everybody that doesn't know, where did you come from politically and what is this video about? So politically, I started off as a giant neocon, and it wasn't until I was about 16 or 17 that I began to shift more towards libertarianism and consistent small government and um, a very important part, a very consistent like pro-life stance, um, which has caused me to have more thoughts and ideas about things like intervention um, overseas. And the one thing, like, the first introduction I ever had to libertarianism was when I was doing a group project in college, and we had to pick a person, and someone picked Ron Paul, and I had never really paid attention to him before, and they used um, a video of one of his speeches, which is called um, Armed Chinese Troops in Texas, and you can YouTube it, and it's really great. And basically his whole point is put like put yourself in that situation of if you're just a moderate person and all of a sudden there's a foreign government that's in your land, not really explaining what they're doing there. Um, but you kind of see them as killing off your people who have nothing to do with extremism or a war in any type of way. They're just normal people. Like, how would you react to that situation? So it's like, uh, it's really similar to how a lot of people um, will say that, oh, the airstrike in Syria is not an act of war. And it's like, well, what if a foreign government um, committed an airstrike here on U.S. soil? Like, everyone would be rushing to the recruitment centers to go fight them. <laughs> like, yeah, Right, yeah, absolutely. It's, like, it's a simple, like, you treat people the way you want to be treated and like you have to be aware of people's perspectives on certain actions. That was, that was one of the arguments I got in with uh, people. I was like, yeah, if pick any random country, I don't care which one were to do an airstrike on one of our military bases because they didn't like something that was going on here in America. Yeah. You, you wouldn't see it as, Oh, they're just doing a humanitarian effort. You would see it as no, they just incited war on our country. Yeah. Definitely. And I feel like you should believe that. (laughs) Like, if someone, if a foreign government sent an airstrike to one of our military bases, I would hope that we would retaliate. Yeah, exactly. And uh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, one of the, um, uh, oh, crap, even even I I lost my train of thought (laughs) just now. (laughs) Uh, Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, perspectives and perception. You know, a lot of people are like, well... 
you know, the the uh, the president has the power to do limited uh, strikes without informing Congress, without it being an act of war. But they don't understand that that's from the perspective of the Constitution and for the American citizenship. Um, nobody over there is worried about what our Constitution says is an act of war or not. Mm-hmm. They're, they're going to be looking at, oh, yo, we just got attacked. Yeah. And yeah, and what people don't understand is Syria is even worse than Iraq in my opinion. Iraq was a was a loner. Saddam was a loner. His military hated him, his country didn't like him, and we rolled right in without any fighting from their military. We fought insurgents, but not the military. Right. Um but Syria, they have allies and lots of allies. They, Syria and, uh, can legitimately like, say, Yo, Russia, Iran, everybody that's on my side, we gotta do yeah. something. And we're at fault. Yeah. Um, so I I just think um, when it comes to intervention like that, especially in a situation where the end goal is not clear and defined and it hasn't been for years, and there are just so many different factions involved with the Syrian civil war that you literally can't just be like, oh, one person's a good guy and one person's a bad guy, because there are actually a lot of bad guys. Um, and it's probably not smart to team up with any of them. I, it, You just have to be careful and you have to tread lightly in those situations. And I think a lot of people are a little too black and white. Yeah, no, I, I can definitely agree with you on that. Uh, well, how about this? Speaking about like war and alliances, what's your opinion on uh, that very tiny, tiny, tiny Yugoslavian country of Montenegro being, you know, inducted into the the NATO? Um, I think if anything, uh, it shows, it reflects um, a certain type of way on Donald Trump, um, who actually hosted, was the NATO secretary, or I forget who exactly it Mm -hmm. was, but they had a press conference together earlier in the week, and for his supporters to say or or for him to tell his supporters that he's going to take the US out of NATO um that it's like inefficient obsolete whatever words he used um that we're like not going to have any part of it for that to kind of be turned around and for him to have the relationship that he is having with NATO all of a sudden this week i think it reflects very interesting on him like, I know this morning um, or last night, Glenn Beck was on Anderson Cooper and he was like, with the NATO promise and the intervention promise and some others, like Donald Trump is just proving that he's another Republican president. I think it was a, I think Tom Woods said today that no matter who you elect president, you're going to end up with John McCain. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's accurate. <laughs> yeah, that, I thought that was just absolutely uh, – it was poignant and true and hilarious all all in one, which Tom Woods can do so well. And, I mean, you know, uh, Donald Trump – I almost said Tom Woods. Tom Woods back in 2013 said don't bomb Syria, and then he did. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, uh, Donald Trump was like don't bomb Syria, don't go in without congressional approval, and then he was like, oh, well. Screw oh, that. but worse, he he accused Obama of only doing so for 
political points and yeah right <laughs> guess whose ratings are low as well yep right <laughs> a lot of, a lot of our friends have shared that picture of his tweets but didn't rand also share one of those tweets when that happened or i think rand did um i think some oh justin of the did justin House did Freedom too caucus people were like yeah. wait yeah. where's this guy <laughs> so, everyone's kind of wondering where 2013 donald trump went yeah and like uh me personally one of my issues is um with this in these entangling alliances um uh, it's like a two-part thing with me you have I, I i look at how world war one started with a whole a big house of cards falling down and a break in communication which is how every war starts a break, yeah. a break in communication which was during world war one it was the austrians and it was really the austrians and the russians not the austrians and the serbians um yeah that kicked off world war one but now we have this big nato thing which sole mission was to protect against an iron curtain warsaw pact doesn't it doesn't exist anymore there's no ussr um, which leads into my very next point. The other part of that is people really seem to not understand that when we're going around throwing up anti-ballistic missile defenses in Ukraine and other parts of Poland, other parts of Europe, all around Russia and putting our, making our Navy swim all around Korea um, – and in the uh, South China Sea, that's going to scare people. And that's going to also piss people off that are going to be worried about the United States infringing on their spheres of influence. Like, not that anybody should be able to rule anybody. I'm just talking about the possibility of war here and reality. Mm -hmm. Russia expects to have a sphere of influence on at least all of its bordering countries. Same thing with China and North Korea. Now, when we go around and set up all these missiles, anti-missile systems around them and, and putting our Navy all over the place around them, that's going to scare them and that's going to push them to possibly have some sort of formal alliance similar to NATO against NATO. I mean, what do you think about that? Do, I mean, do you think there's a possibility of that? Like, that they would be they would be worried about how much we're interfering in their, you know, regions? Yeah. Um, well, I, I definitely am a little bit... Hmm, this is one of those situations where I think, people, like, America should tread smartly in the area. Um, I know... The day or two after the airstrike in Syria, um, a statement was pushed out with countries, including Russia and Iran, and they're just like, don't do that again, or we're just going to go like crazy, and we're not going to take into account the consequences, and whether they have the militaristic capability to do something awful on U.S. soil or not, I don't know, and I'll be honest, that's not my strong suit, Um but I feel like when you just make threats like that, you just sound like you don't have anything to lose. And I would hate for American citizens to be punished for the actions of that that they didn't even approve of. Yeah, exactly. No, I I, I strongly agree with you on that one too. Um, 
So it's a pretty much it's a really scary week when it comes to the possibility of war in in the coming future. Right. Because I think it can only get worse from here on. I when I woke up today at the embarrassing time that I woke up, um, I immediately went and started checking news sources to see if we had done anything in North Korea. Mm-hmm. I, I was when I went to bed last night. I was certain. We were, uh-huh. we were going to have done something in North Korea today. And I, I was pleasantly surprised that so far we have not. That could have changed since we started the show. But um, I, I honestly thought that we were going to be in a battle with North Korea by the time I woke up today. Yeah. Uh-huh. <clears throat> uh, okay. Um, speaking of other things going crazy and blowing up around the world... Uh, earlier this week, something that hit me pretty closely uh, was Egypt was bombed by, I mean, ISIS claimed it, so I'm just going to go with them. Uh, ISIS bombed Egypt, and uh, they hit a church, two, I'm sorry, two churches that killed a bunch of people. Um, and somebody used a truck in, or something, or, or a lorry in Sweden and ran up into a bunch of people and killed them, uh-huh. which... Um, not, I mean, I'm just kind of confused on why they keep using trucks. I don't know why that's suddenly their favorite method of doing this. Not that it matters, but I'm just like, okay, truck, truck, truck. It's always a truck now. You it's can't weird. ban a truck. You uh-huh. can't, yeah, I guess you can't ban a truck, yes. Well, I mean, if you look at Paris from two years ago, I mean, firearms are banned and they still had automatic weapons right. when, you know, during that attack. Mm-hmm. Um, but... What what do, what do you think about what should what should I mean? Give me your honest opinion on what Christians do you think should be feeling or not feeling, or should they be blaming anybody? What should Muslims be doing right now to kind of like deal with all this madness uh, with uh, these religions, our religions not understanding each other? Yeah. Um... I mean, I think that as a Christian, um, like, the Bible clearly says that, like, the spirit of fear doesn't come from the Lord. And one, I will be completely honest. What does that mean? I'm sorry. for me to say when I do live here in America. But, I mean, there, there have been some moments here that have made Americans... American Christian, well, let, let me back up, that have made Americans afraid of American Muslims because of things like the Pulse night, uh, the Pulse nightclub shooting and things like that, um, or like San Bernardino. But I feel like in each instance, we've seen an outpouring of Muslims who have helped raise resources to help the Christians affected by that. And I think that because you keep on seeing that action over and over again, um, for Muslims to show up and to disavow their extremists, I think that we should take that to heart. Um, and we should actively try to build bridges. Like I know, um, for like those listeners out there who might not know, you, Muhammad, sat down with a group of Christians last year and you guys had an interfaith discussion. And I think that while we're all trying to figure out our thoughts and ideas about different people who we might not have a lot of interaction with, the best thing we can do 
is to sit down and ask why, um, what their beliefs are, just try to get to know them. Um, I think that's the best thing we can do, like in this country, while we're still asking questions. Okay, what do you, um, so I have openly and repeatedly used the phrase Islamic terrorism. I just, it is, in my opinion, it is. Um, mm -hmm. Not that Islam, in my, I don't think Islam is inherently violent. Uh, violence has, see, Christ, Christ, I look at it as Christianity is perfect, Christians are not. Same thing with every other religion. Islam's yeah. perfect, Muslims are not, so on and so forth. You know, I, I, a lot of these terrorists used our script, our religious text to justify what they're doing. So, in my opinion, the words Islamic terrorism fits. But what do you think it will take for people? And I'm going to have to call out a specific group here. Uh, Trump supporters, for example. Just because mm -hmm. I see it a lot of times from them. Um, what do you think it will take for people like Trump supporters to understand and realize that Muslims are the number one victims of Islamic terrorism. If Honestly, they, yeah. um, maybe I'm a little bit more cynical here, but I think for people who don't believe that, despite the fact that there are facts out there that oftentimes are showed to them that their fears might be a little biased, um, I don't think there's much you can do except show them love and move on. <laughs> Yeah. And, and say bless your heart. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, I don't think you should be a jerk to people who might not see outside of their small world. I mean, like, if they're being a jerk to you, like, just cut them off, I guess. Like, they're not worth it in your life. But so long as they ask questions or prove it, like, show interest, I guess, just meet those needs when they reach out just always be available to answer um i know it's certainly not on the same level but as a pro-lifer people all, a lot of my pro-choice friends are always like how do you feel about um like communities of people who cast aside pregnant teenagers and how do you feel about uh like people who go attack abortion centers and as annoying as those questions are because I don't believe in that stuff unfortunately for a lot of people I'm an ambassador for this movement and it's up to me to answer their questions so okay that's awesome <laughs> I really appreciate you saying that last one thank you yeah no that um I just wanted to find out because I I am not religious now but I was raised religious, um, and this week being Easter, um, I was going to call it what I call it, but I'm not going to. Um, <laughs> this week being Easter, uh, what what were your thoughts on Sean Spicer this week when he said that even Hitler didn't use chemical weapons? Um, I I think that Sean Spicer could probably take the extra second to think about what he's going to say. Right. Um, because he has had several of these moments where his words have gotten him in trouble. Um, I thought it was a silly statement. I don't think that means he hates Jewish people. I just think he had a lapse of thinking in that moment. 
I would agree uh, with that. So it was, it was, it, it's like kind of, um, kind of like when you try to use a big word that you don't know to impress people and you use it wrong. I think like that's kind of how that situation made me feel. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. I thought a lot of the blowback that he got, they were like, on the week of Easter, how can you say this? Or the week of Passover, how can you yeah, say this? I, was I, was like, I don't think it matters like, what week like that happens on. Or something. Right. But I was like, I don't think it matters what week you say it on. Like, that's still an awful <laughs> thing to say and completely wrong. It's bad, but optics wise, it was worse. Right. I, <laughs> I could see that. Actually, a lot of things happened this week. PR wise, uh, yeah. PR. Another one, oh. another one. Religion that that kind of comes into religion, and um, so it has to do with religion and perception, perspective, sort of thing. Like the story I gave earlier, and this was last night. Are you talking about the LP thing? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I saw it. Yeah, and like, understand maybe I jumped the gun there because when she com when so. Uh, did you see my my post yesterday, uh, Zuri, about um, the tweet that the LP chair Nicholas Sarwark uh, tweeted to Julie? Um, no, I think I missed that. Okay, it's gone now. Yeah, I, I took it down. I was, I mean, I I was like, perhaps I jumped the gun. But the thing is, in my personal opinion, and th- this is just my opinion, no one's got to agree with anything here. Um, he's made way too many remarks that are questionable and that turn a lot of people off. Um, first of all, specifically uh, this week, the LP, for for whatever reason, um, I mean, I get it if they had done this later on in their series, but they started off with this like the series of like religious scripture that speak about liberty. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, fine, but I mean, because I get it. That's 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 pretty cool. Um, but they started off with the with the um, with the verse from the Satanic Bible. Yeah, with it with it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess you missed this, huh? Yeah, I think. Um, <laughs> well, I don't think there's anything. So I respect everyone's yes. right to practice as they so please, um, and I would never look down on anyone for having a specific religion. But I will say that messaging wise, you would it'd probably be best to start off with the ones people are comfortable with and then get yes. more and then into lead. like the controversial right. ones later. Exactly. And it's not even that the satanic verse was controversial. It isn't. Um, I personally like some of those tenets. Um, mm-hmm. But this this is the perspective problem. Perception is reality. It's a term that I learned in the army and it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um when members of the Libertarian Party generally speak about separating state from church and then starting off with a verse from the satanic, you know, Bible or tenets, it doesn't look good. And no. on top of that, the pers- the the uh, perspective here is there are Christians and Jews in the Libertarian Party that don't know anything about the satanic religion. Um, and we're speaking about the individualism, agnostic Satanist religion, not the whatever the what the, what's the other one, the one that actually follows Lucifer. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the the regular Satanism mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with Satan. I know it's weird. Sa- Satanism light. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
people don't know about that faith and what their tenets are. And no matter what the quote looks like, they're going to see Satanist. And they're going to be mm-hmm. like, uh, what is going on here with the LP? You know, you're going to talk about um, religious separation of state and church, baking cakes. <laughs> <laughs> and then you want to throw out a Satanist verse. That's interesting. And that's going to turn people <laughs> off. Um, which leads me to the other fiasco right away with the chair. Now, he said a lot of things that just turn people off. And it's happened between me and other members of the LP where I would get attacked. And I'm not saying this is all the LP, you know, it's uh-huh. not. But when they go around and attack me or just straight up attack the Paul family for whatever reason and call them theocrats, uh-huh. I'm, I'm just like, you're just turning off PLU conservatives or libertarians that are non-party affiliated from coming in because you want to attack their uh, somebody they like, which a lot of people happen to like Ron and Rand Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like last night-ish, um, early in the night anyways, Nicholas Arwark had tweeted, had quoted a retweet from Julie because um, mm-hmm. Julie had also, well, she had sent a tweet to you know, the POTUS asking him like, hey, you know, you said you're going to get rid of the neocons. You should do that. You know, your your supporters voted you voted for you for this and now you're not doing it. And I saw he responded, quoting her and saying, it's cute that you think, you know, Donald Trump cares about blah, 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 blah. About his supporters now that he's won the office. Yeah, something like that. And I'm like, why even go after her for that? What's wrong with her asking or saying any of that? Like, wouldn't it be worth more time to attack other people, like other statists that we may disagree with? And, you know, it turns out that she didn't take it the way I took it or a lot of other people took it, actually. Right. Because um, I took it the same way you took it. Yeah, yeah. Well, because he's, he's done the same thing before with Ron Paul. He, he himself. Um and that was just a big PR problem for the LP, in my opinion. You're you're a member of the LP. What do you think? Uh, I, you know, you know my opinion on Nick yes. already, and uh, he does now. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I've I've never been a huge fan of his. I think that uh, he goes through measures trying to be very divisive while trying to be too inclusional um and that's causing a lot of issues within the lp and if you're gonna be outwardly aggressive toward people you can't switch it up and be snarky to others in a playful manner without expressing it because otherwise it's just going to come across as you being outwardly aggressive as you have been in the past yeah so if you're going to be snarky on the end, it's like, well, I need to know that you're being snarky right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I like to stay out of that stuff. Me too. Because... No, it, even my post already started with, I usually don't get involved with inter-libertarian drama because I don't. <laughs> but Well, I think it's dumb. <laughs> yeah. Like, even as a member of the Liberty Movement, it's like 10 of us, like, <laughs> Compared compared to the Democrat and Republican Party and people who identify as liberal and conservative, it's literally like 10 of us. And it's just like, guys, we don't even have 
we, we don't even have like the bandwidth to be having divisions like this. It's literally the lamest thing ever. Like no one outside of this small movement cares and people always act like it's a big like controversy. And it's like the hit pieces that like left and right libertarians write on each other are always so stupid because it's like no one else cares. And like this is not a controversy to like normal Americans. Like we just look really silly to the outside world. And on top of that, like we still have to refer to people to the outside world because we're literally too broken to message to people to like be a part of the mainstream. So I think this stuff is stupid. Um, I think that left libertarians and right libertarians have equally gone too far in the, and just like having stupid arguments with each other. And I think like people who capitalize on them and actively get involved in them and just like, make them explode and like give attention to them i think it's just a waste of time make them explode was that for me yeah. no <laughs> like, I mean, to be fair like i mean if you took it down then that's totally fine but it's like for the people who like there are just so many like facebook groups out there and so much like just awfulness and people always see something and take it to their secret facebook group and then <laughs> regardless of whether they're on the left libertarian side or the right libertarian side, just like have this huge thing. And it's like, it's not that serious. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. But. <laughs> um, what, what was it? Oh yeah. United. That's the other PR thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in that one, like with United, with the doctor getting dragged off because he didn't want to give up his seat. One, that means he didn't read the, contract when he bought his ticket because it says you may get bumped in there um and if you don't want that to happen don't buy that seat but that's going to be on every airline so that means you're not flying mm -hmm. so even though he already agreed to being bumped and then he was like oh no i don't want to do this and then he said you're gonna to have to drag me off the plane and this and oh, okay well we don't want to do this but get out and grabbed him and <laughs> pulled him I think that how violently it was done was done incorrectly. Um, I think that they could have just upped the ante and eventually, like, I would have raised my hand. I would have been like, yeah, I'll take $800 to leave or $1,000 to leave. But I think they could have upped it a little bit more and somebody would have been like, okay, I'm good with that. I'll, I'll get off. And it would have saved them so much money and so many mm -hmm. PR nightmares that they're going to have to deal with. But on the other half, I think that, you know, he – had a sense of entitlement that he should be able to stay on that plane, even though in the contract, when you buy the ticket, it says you may be bumped. Yeah. What about you, Zuri? What's, what's your take yeah, on this? Um, <laughs> so this might sound like a little controversial, but how I saw that whole thing is literally how I feel about the TSA where it's like, yeah, technically um, you consent for lack of a better word, kind of in the social contract way, you consent to being, like, felt up if you decide to travel by air. Mm -hmm. But it's, like at, like, at what point are we not allowed to criticize practices anymore? And the United thing actually made me realize something. I've noticed that a lot of Democrats think it's okay to criticize companies, but it's not okay to criticize the government. 
Whereas a lot of Republicans <laughs> think it's okay to criticize the government, but it's not okay to criticize companies. Yeah. And I don't think that either entity should be um should should be above criticism. And I think that the entire practice was just poor. Um, I obviously don't have the specific details on this one part, but I always like I am I wonder why they didn't let them know at the gate. Like I know I've flown a couple of times just like everyone else and whenever they need someone to stay back, like they always ask at the gate. Like the only time they asked us to move seats while we were on the plane was because a mom and a daughter wanted to sit next to each other. It's like no one had to leave. They just had to like just yeah. switch move yeah. around. Yeah. So um I definitely think that United could have been much more free market and I do believe they deserve all the criticism in the world for only having one offer because a lot of companies have figured it out by now and all they had to do was raise it until they found four people to do it. And of course the added use of force there, like they basically use the state, like beat the crap out of this guy yeah. <laughs> because like they were too cheap or whatever to find the free market solution. So yeah. Right. And I agree with that a hundred percent. I was, there was a real semi-quick story anyway. I was uh, flying back. I was living in Nashville before I moved here and I was, I had just gone back to DC to visit my family. It may have been for a wedding. I don't remember what that trip was for. And I had a layover in Chicago and they said, does anybody, we need to bump, you know, four people from the flight or whatever. And it was at the gate and they were offering money and they were like $400, $600. And I said to myself, if they get to a thousand dollars, I'm definitely going to take this. Yeah. And they got to, I think they got to six and somebody had taken it and I was like, okay, not a big deal. Mm -hmm. um, and then I was like, all right, cool. I'm just going to get back to Nashville tonight. I have to work tomorrow anyway. So cool. And yeah. I get to uh, like, they, they went through and then, I was waiting for the plane. I was waiting to get on the plane, but a storm hit Nashville and they ended up canceling the flight. And since it's an act of God, they don't have to give you any money. So oh, I ended up not getting anything and still having to not go to work the next day because I wasn't going to be able to get there on time, which was sort of my lesson of just take the money. Yeah. So yeah, take, yep. the, take the money and run. Yep. Man. When I see, when I saw that meme of you press the green button, you have 50% chance of winning like 10 million or you press the red one, you get a million. I was like, you press the red you button and get the million. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, but my whole thing with United is well first of all i agree with what you were saying about democrats and republicans because you remember the one episode where i was really talking to my liberal friends it was for their own good really and i was talking about how how come the 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 green the the environmentalists amongst them will always criticize the corporations and how they're destroying the environment and they're but never the environment, never the uh, government. That exactly. Yeah, exactly. that's what I said. Like, I was like, okay, Volkswagen. Them. Yeah, Volkswagen got punished, but um, the EPA never got punished when the, when they destroyed those rivers in um, in Colorado. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's kind of weird. Um, but on the yeah. on the United thing, I think that if a federal agent tells you it's time for you to go, it's time for you to go, and it, 
and it, you just take or or the uh, what call it or the airline take that money or don't take it but you fight that battle elsewhere in my personal opinion a bad business practice is a bad business practice and they should definitely be punished for it as they are right now mm-hmm. but i mean how often do people get bumped and this doesn't happen right. you know yeah it, it happens it happens quite regularly um the reason airplane tickets are so cheap is because of overbooking because people not everyone's going to make it into their flights because a lot of flights are usually late at connections um so i don't think anybody was 100% right or wrong um but i will say it is the government that beat the crap out of that guy it is the government it's not united that beat him up it was it was the government i mean I'm, it, I, it I, was it but i do feel some type of way yes. that united enlisted in the like i it literally feels like those neighbors who were like oh i hate the fact that my neighbor painted their house yellow and then they like get the government involved yeah and it's like right. so no it technically wasn't the neighbor that like finds like the crap out of that person but like they still use the government for something that could have been an easily solvable adult like interaction yeah right so what do you guys think then about the uh, scorpion that bit the guy <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, like, already don't like airplanes or airline <laughs> companies. Like, I don't like the business. I don't like any of their business practices. I don't like the fact that I, like, can't sell an airline ticket. But I think I'm also just saying that because I'm salty about a trip I have to take. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm just, like, just, like, the Scorpion story. I was just, like, all of my fears are justified <laughs> and like... I'm just going to go back to not liking airplanes and airline companies anymore. <laughs> I think I'm just going to take Sam Jackson on every flight that I go on now. He knows how to handle himself on a plane. <laughs> okay. Well, hey. What is it? He's uh, tired of these monkey fried snakes on this Monday to Friday plane. That's right. These monkey fried snakes on this Monday to Friday plane. <laughs> yeah, that's the team for it. <laughs> Um. Well, we're uh, nearing the end of our show here, and we're gonna have to let you go, Ziri. I'm sorry about that. I know you wanted to wait longer and talk for us longer. <laughs> yeah. Um. Is there any um any website you know you want people to visit? Maybe they can visit your Facebook page. Um. It's up to you. Kind of advertise yourself here. Well, um, they can definitely visit rare.us and catch some of my writing and the writing of my amazing colleagues. Um, You can also like my Facebook page, which is literally just Zuri Davis. And you can follow me on Twitter at Zuri underscore Davis, which sounds super lame. Someone already stole at Zuri Davis, so what? I had to put the underscore, and now it looks kind of stupid, but yeah, our, please follow our, anyway. Ours is at muddied underscore waters, so <laughs> we, we understand. Yeah. <laughs> one of your uh, co-workers being Matt Purple, one of my favorite people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you for being here with us today, Zuri. Thank you so much for having me. I had a lot of fun with you guys. I hope so. Yeah. I hope we uh, get to have you back on sometime. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. All right, Matt, what do you – you got anything? Um, no, I mean just the basics of 
If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow us at muddied underscore waters. If you want to follow us on Instagram, it's at muddied waters of freedom and facebook.com backslash muddied waters of freedom. Do you want to do a bullet real quick? Yeah, I have some. All right. Sorry, you can't join us, Missouri. Yeah, I wish you could join us. You should. Oh, by the way, if you want to come down for the opening of the new Star Wars movie, I will buy you a ticket to the very first showing. Okay. Yeah, and I'll buy a ticket the same night and come. Sweet. Shows up. Bula. Bula. All right. Thank you to everybody. Thank you to Low Tide Kava Bar. Thank you so much to Zuri Davis. Um, All right, guys. Not thank you to Muhammad. Oh, and <laughs> Thank you all so much. Zuri, I cannot wait to talk to you again. Um, and remember where we're going? We don't need roads.